What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s. And our goal is to hopefully bring you a biblical perspective centered around Jesus to help you navigate this season of life. My name is Connor Grimm, and I'm one of the Young Adult Pastors here at Red Rocks Church in Denver, and I will be your host today. Andrew is spending some time with his amazing family and his new baby girl, so who could fault him for that? But today, we have a very special guest with us. We got a guest in the building. Breakfast Club shout out right there. Um, If you had the opportunity to tune in to our live broadcast, you will be very familiar with her if you've been a YAOG or you've been coming for a while. Um, She currently works on our youth staff, but has worn many hats at our church. I know her and her husband help lead and pastor our Littleton campus. Uh, Her and I were actually interns together, and she is one of my closest friends and my wife's best friend in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Whitney Best. Feels like I need to be like in a fight or something. Walking, like, where's the ring? Walking down to the octagon, <laughs> yeah. the UFC ring. What would be your uh, walkout music? Oh, Beyonce. Beyonce. I was gonna say Taylor Swift. No, that's not. That's not enough. That doesn't need, get you in the Beyonce. right mindset. Yes. Okay, yes. Beyonce. There you go, <laughs> Whitney. Tell everybody a little bit about um, what you're up to and even your history with YA. You started out here. Let everybody know. Yeah. Uh, how you're connected with young adults. That's right. So I kind of got my ministry debut, if you will, with young adults. So YA has been such a near and dear special place in my heart. I love young adults. I met my husband here. It's amazing. So yeah, yeah, I just, I, maybe like two years ago, I transitioned actually to our youth team. Nice. And so, yeah, I do kind of very similar job what I did with young adults, um, with our youth program. And I love it. It's challenging. It's fun. Um, and then Conrad and I, we, yeah, we serve and support our local church and pastor the Littleton campus. So that's awesome. So what exactly did you do, uh, here at Young Adults? Yeah. So Zach Atwood, shout out, favorite human on the planet. (laughs) Um, he, I did exactly his job. So events, coordination, kept it afloat coordinated details on a scale of one to ten how would you say zach is doing oh zach you know i'm giving him a 6.5 oh zach gets 11 (laughs) zach has taken young adults and this is why i was so excited when he came on the team yeah he's awesome i was like he is gonna take young adults to the next level and he has yeah so zach we love you we love you zach you're awesome man Um, so real quick for everybody, cause I know that it's really two different worlds, but you're one of the people that have gotten to experience both. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent my entire ministry career really in young adults, mm-hmm. working with people from 18 to, to 30, early thirties. And, um, but I have a lot of my good friends, yourself included that do youth ministry mm-hmm. and, for as close as they are in age, they couldn't be any further apart when it comes to tactic and just just the way you present the good news of Jesus. And so tell me real quick, what are maybe one or two things that you've experienced that's just totally different from young adults to youth? Yeah. So working with young adults for four years, you're for better, or for worse, kind of ministering to your peers. Yeah. And that was so fun, challenging in its own right. Um, but what I've loved and I felt like 
nudged maybe it two years ago um, by the Holy Spirit was like, wow, you can do so much with a high school, a 15 year old girl. Yeah. Um, that's maybe going through her parents are getting divorced. She um, has a lot of insecurities. Like there's so much that hurt that she hasn't walked through maybe yet. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've seen in young adult ministry, the outcomes of that, um, yeah. the lifestyle decisions that ha- she has made that um, have gotten her to a place where she's hungry and looking for a place where she can call home, a place where she can find identity. So I think for me, it's been so cool to see um, maybe with young adults, there was after and helping people find God and find Jesus and find um, reconciliation after maybe a lot of life has happened. Whereas now it's been so rewarding seeing and kind of like watering um, and the seed maybe that hasn't really developed yet that hasn't sprung forth into life decisions and things like that. So with working with youth, especially with teenage girls, it has just been so rewarding. I know it's also very thankless. Like they're like, you're uncool one second, you're cool the next second. So (laughs) thank your youth pastors. Seriously. (laughs) Shout out to all of our youth pastors. I know I've kind of heard it said, um, you know, middle school, high school is sort of where you make a lot of decisions in life. So so youth ministry is very geared towards um, helping people make those decisions right. um, and make good decisions. Young adults, you kind of deal in with the repercussions of those right. decisions. Would that right. be an accurate statement? Totally. Yep. Yeah. So to all the youth pastors at Red Rocks and across the globe, um, Thank you for everything yes. that you're doing for the youths of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love you, and you don't get enough shine. Um, but, hey, so I, wa- I kind of want to dive in on the subject of what we're talking about. Last night, if you tuned in um, to our service, uh, Thursday, July 9th, somebody's mm-hmm. birthday, can't remember. It might be mine. <laughs> um, but, but we had Whitney give an amazing message that I believe couldn't be more timely and more accurate to our world um, and to our current situation. You talked about seasons of disappointment and desert seasons. And I think that so accurately describes sort of the state that a lot of people's um, minds and emotions and even their souls might currently be in this this weird season of disappointment in life and and feeling like you're kind of just aimlessly wandering right now in life. I know we're still obviously in the middle of the coronavirus crisis. On top of that, we're seeing the foundations of some very honest and very necessary change when it comes to equality and racial discrimination in our country. And I think that um, people's emotions over the past couple months have really just done this roller coaster. I think when COVID first hit, it was panic and fear. What's happening? Am I going to be okay? Am I safe? Do I need to go store a bunch of food and and Mm -hmm. build a shelter out in the mountains? Like, am I going to be all right? And then we kind of transitioned to this this weird adjustment to where it's like, okay, we've we've come to terms with the fact that we don't have control over this. Um, however, we're adjusting to this new normal of <clears throat> wearing masks and businesses being closed or partially open and this whole idea of social distancing. And I think now we're sort of transitioning out of that 
into a state that a lot of people find themselves in, which is sort of this like aimlessly wandering desert season. Maybe they're they're disappointed in in what this year and what life has brought and and all the repercussions of this. And I think we're also experiencing almost a little bit of like apathy and numbness. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of people that we know that maybe have lost their jobs or they know loved ones that are sick, their friends are hurting or, uh, you know, people are going through all these emotions as we fight to eradicate the sin of racism. And I think it's left a lot of people mm-hmm. feeling everything, right. feeling scared, feeling hurt, feeling highs, like we're taking ground, feeling lows, like are, why are we still here? feeling, you know, nervous. When are we going to get this thing under control? And so I guess my first question that I really want to ask you is, is, as Christ followers, how do we reconcile this season and fight against the disappointment um, and and maybe the, the wandering that we're all kind of facing? Yeah, I love this question. That's why I put it in my message. Like so many of us, myself included, are asking this question, like, what do we do? And I think, um, the best follow-up question that we can ask each other is, man, what do I believe about God yeah. in this face of this disappointment? Yes, I think and that's one of the most important questions in life, but yes, especially now. Yes, especially for the local church to ask this question and not shy away from it. Yeah. And because this is what people are asking, and this is what I've asked myself. And um, I kind of said, like, man, I'm disappointed with this season. So now my whole life will be something of this season, you know? And, um, I actually remembered this was maybe a couple months ago. I want to say it was in December. I was going through just so many disappointments, just all these disappointments stacking up, not just in work and life and marriage. And just, there was just so much, it just came crashing down on me. And I'll never forget me and Conrad were in um, the Chick-fil-A drive through line. Yes. Amen. Christian chicken. Seriously. I feel like all the prophetic moments in my life have happened with Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Andrew actually, Matron, he called me and he was just like, hey, I feel like you are disappointed and nailed it right on the head. Yeah. And I hadn't talked, really said my shared my disappointment with anyone besides Conrad. Uh-huh. And um, and he just kind of responded. And I told Andrew, I said, Andrew, I feel like I'm disappointed with things that I've gone through in my life with my mom. Yeah. Um, for one. Yeah. And I fell into this way of thinking like now, gosh, like, will disappointment be a resounding theme in yeah. my life? And I thought that and I asked him that. And um, I think a lot of young adults can go through this um, same emotion and think like, well, and I thought this, I was like, well, I've gone through a hard thing with my mom. So now the universe needs to like repay me in good things. Yeah. And for those listening, could you just real quick? I mean, I know it's hard to sum something like that, that you've walked through really quickly, but what, what kind of went on with your mom? Yeah, so if you didn't watch the message, um, when I was probably, uh, I think I was 19 years old, uh, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And when you're 19, you're in college, you want to have the full college experience. Yeah, the world's supposed to be fun. The world is your oyster. Yeah, yeah like you, you want to travel. And um, I'll never forget, like, going 
to the doctor. I went to every doctor's appointment with her Gosh. for six years. Dang. And I just kind of felt like I put my whole life on pause. Anytime I was in church, I was praying for, anytime I was in worship, I was praying for my mom's healing yeah. and restoration, even though the situation might have looked bleak. Yeah. And the doctors, oh, so thankful for doctors, but I mean, they were very blatant blatant about my mom's situation. And so we were very aware. We weren't like sticking our heads in the sand. We knew what was the possible outcome, which did happen. And she did pass away and um, she went on to be with Jesus. Yeah. But I think like in that season, I was able to like open up with Aaron, your wife, and just kind of like Ugh, like dumped out all my disappointment on her. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, um, yeah, my body in that season was kind of going through disappointment in a way that I kind of shared like apathy. Um, I just felt like going through the motions, like there was no energy. I didn't want to be around people, which says a lot. You know, Connor, yeah. you know me. I'm like, if you are aware, Enneagram, I am Enneagram seven through and through. I want to be around people. Yes. And so that said a lot. And and then fast forward a few years, just kind of like going back and asking this question, like, gosh, like, will my life be disappointing? Yeah. And will I have to fight this my whole life? And um, yeah, I just will never forget. Like Andrew's like, yeah. Maybe you need to walk through that. You need to ask these hard questions. And so for young adults, like right now, like, what do you believe about God? Yeah. And I know we'll talk about this, but I now know what I believe about God yeah, in I my disappointment. So much of disappointment in desert seasons um, reveal to you what you mm-hmm. actually think. Yeah. I think when life is good and um, things are easy, you don't have to think about that. Mm-hmm. You you just kind of coast sometimes. And when you're hit in the face with uh, a negative, mm-hmm. a disappointment, um, you're wandering, you feel aimless. That That's really when the foundations of what you believe come into play. It, mm-hmm. it shows you, have I really been relying on God or right. have I just been coasting? Do I really mm-hmm. believe that Jesus is here with me not only when life is great, but when I'm, when I'm walking in the shadow of the valley of death sort of yeah. thing? Um, <clears throat> and I think that's actually one really big misconception when it comes to being a Christian and following Jesus is that if you become a Christian and you Mm. dedicate your life to following Jesus, you will never face disappointment or a desert season ever again. Mm. Um, That your life will only be great. You'll move from blessing to blessing Mm. and you'll just continue to increase until God takes you to heaven um, and all that. And here's the thing. God is so good. His promises are real. Blessing is real. Favor is real. And God definitely gives that to his kids. Um, But this idea of never facing hardship when you follow Jesus, that's not even biblical. I was actually just reading in Luke. um, After Jesus was baptized, uh, Mm. it said that the Holy Spirit, that he was led out into the desert to be tempted. Mm. um, And that even kind of taking that a step further, right before he went to the cross, he cried tears of blood. He was so okay. stressed. He was mm-hmm. in such despair that it's actually a real physical condition that rarely happens to humans where you can be so stressed, capillaries in your face burst. And mm-hmm. and when you cry, um, it gets in your tear ducts and blood comes out. And so um, 
we have this example of the person that we dedicate our life to follow that disappointment in desert seasons are very real for Christians so good. As, as well as good seasons. But the thing that I love about Jesus is while he never really celebrated or sat in those moments, he embraced them as his reality, but he continued to push through them because the Bible says there was joy laid before him right. in those seasons. And so maybe there's some young adults out there who are in a current situation like this where you're facing disappointment or you feel like for the past week, month, maybe even years, mm. you've kind of just been like wandering in this desert season. What advice would you give someone on how do you embrace a season of disappointment or maybe a desert season, a season of wandering without getting stuck in it, without being becoming a cynic, without mm. becoming bitter or pessimistic? How do you how do you navigate that? Yeah. So I'm definitely no expert. I'm just going to share kind of my journey and yeah. um, also my research because there's so much research. Um, I talked about at the beginning of the message, there's, there's so much coming out right now about disappointment. And we know so much about um, depression, anxiety, stress, like what you were talking about. But in this COVID season, we're actually learning that disappointment actually affects your mental health and overall well-being um, and your body responds to it. So I think when you say maybe before this COVID season, like, oh, I'm disappointed, no one would take you seriously. It's like, oh, get over it. Rub yeah. some dirt in it. Yeah. But no, it's what researchers are finding that this actually does your body, your physical body responds to disappointment. And so while I'm no expert, every study that I've read, it calls for this like deep reflection. Um, some studies like say meditation on your disappointment. Yeah. So, okay, I'm reflecting on what made me so disappointed and with my mom. Yeah. And how I lost her and how I couldn't say goodbye and all these moments that stacked into the crushing blow of like the big our disappointment, you know, right in the face. Yeah. Um, and then I had every researcher now is saying like there's this moment where you have to like reflect on your humanness. Like you have to. That's good. Um, but then you have to release it. Mm-hmm. Um Every uh, psychologist says that if you stay in pessimism or cynic, it actually does more towards your physical body. Well, like your health of your body. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I was actually just talking to a girl. She's a young adult. Her name's Cece. Cece, shout out if you're listening. Um, Love you, girl. Yeah, she's been battling, I believe, leukemia Mm -hmm. for uh, multiple rounds. And we were talking and we were just kind of reflecting on um, that season of her life. And she said something to me which really just stuck out. She said that um, while nothing is a guarantee, um, the doctors are discovering that one of the biggest signs of somebody who ends up beating cancer is the belief that they will. Right. Um, your mental ability to stay positive and hopeful um, during what I can only imagine to be one of the most despairing, discouraging, mm-hmm. haunting seasons of mm-hmm. your entire life. And yeah. so... Um, and that sounds so like counterintuitive, right? Yeah, to say, um, I know my mom, same thing. We went to different avenues of care and help for my mom. And um, a natural doctor was just said the exact same stuff. And he said, you know, don't say I have cancer. Don't say I am a disappointment. Don't say I am a failure. But you actually say, no, I might have failed. 
no, I have this diagnosis, That's such but a I am crazy, not this person. That's such a crazy change in perspective, but I think it's so real. I think that you have to come to terms with the reality. I think a lot of people give people of faith and followers of Jesus a bad rep when it comes to stuff like this because they think that to be a Christian, to be a person of faith, you live in a constant state mm-hmm. of denial. I think mm-hmm. the first thing when it comes to accepting a desert season is just that you have to accept it. Right. But just because you accept that you're in it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you have to stay there mentally, physically, emotionally your whole life. That yeah. you know that it is a season. Um, how do I set my mind, set my thoughts and my heart on the promises of God mm-hmm. while being tr- they being true while still dealing with this reality of what I'm walking through. Yep. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yep, yep. It's like releasing, they say, give it back. Give it to a higher power, which we know is Jesus. Yeah. And that he's already walked that road. And he's open arms willing to receive the things that we cannot control. Yeah. And the things that we can control. Seriously. You need to give it to him. Yeah. So. That's so awesome. And that takes, Jesus promises that his, his burden is light. Mm-hmm. And he says his yoke is easy. And again, that that doesn't mean you don't face hard things. But what that means is when you give that to God, when you accept that reality, but you don't have to accept the results of that reality, um, you trust God with the results. He he can take the darkest, hardest situations and almost in the most backwards way, give you peace Mm -hmm. in really tough seasons of life. And so I know oftentimes when we face seasons like this, there's a temptation to sort of think that God has abandoned me or that this is somehow a punishment of something that I've done in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe this is a punishment for decisions that I made or sin that I have that I don't know about or that I do know about. Or that you can really get to a dark place where it's like God actually gets pleasure when I'm Mm. confused or disappointed or discouraged and I think this is one of the most real questions um, that we could ever talk about and address. And I know that we're obviously not going to be able to summarize it forever uh, right here. But how do we as Christians continue to trust in God's goodness while we still walk through seasons of disappointment where maybe it feels like we know God's good, but we're not seeing that goodness Mm -hmm. played out? as a reality in our life. Yeah. Well, I mean, you even spoke to this, like when you're in a season of disappointment or just a dry desert season, um, it might not be disappointment for you in this moment of time in recorded history. Um, But when you're feeling like in a desert, you feel stuck. Yes. And you were on the trip with us. Yes. When we got went to, to Israel. Israel. Yeah. <laughs> and we were in the crappiest, I don't know <laughs> if I can say that word on the podcast. Yes. We were in the nightmare of all nightmares. It was, what was it called? Desert Shady? Desert Shade. Desert Shade. And we named it Desert Shady <laughs> because it was the shadiest place I've ever been in my life. <laughs> and, and not I think you even shade. made a rap song. Let's bring it back. I can't remember the old YA days. Let's make sure. Yeah. Well, and tell them what also made it sting a little bit more. One of the nicest resorts in all of Israel was a stone's throw away. We could literally see it. We could see like this infinity pool, um, like salt in the wound, just like right off. So we were on the edge of one of the places that um, the Israelites wandered in the desert as they were entering into the promised land. It was, I mean, mind-blowing trip of a lifetime yeah um and so i remember conrad and i 
We're standing out like right on the edge of this. They call it like the Israeli Grand Canyon. Yep. Um, and we're just looking out and these huts are made of like what? Like plastic Glass and mud? bottles. Yeah. Mud. Yeah. Oh. I'm just like. Oh my gosh, like if it rains, we're dead. Like they're going to collapse on us. Like, oh, yeah. And I remember yeah. looking at Aaron and saying, What are we going to do? <laughs> like, what are we going to do all night? You know, I'm like the fun girl. I need fun, adventure, exploration. And here we are in these little mud huts. You can't even go in each other's rooms. No. So, what are we going to do? The rooms are three feet by two feet. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like when you're in a season of disappointment, man, it feels like this. Yeah. Like, what are we going to do? We're stuck. Trapped in a mud hut. Yeah. <laughs> and the Israeli Grand Canyon. Yeah. But that's why the next day um, we went on that hike. It was supposed to be a camel ride. I'm, a little, <laughs> I'm still salty about the camel ride. Yes. I need a, I need Conrad to give me a camel ride maybe for <laughs> one of my birthdays. Anyways, but I loved how the tour, the tour guide, do you remember him like pointing out all those bushes and yeah, I remember that a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. so, I like, this is why I love um, scripture. It's so relevant if you really look. And this guy, our tour guide, he was not a Christian. He was not a believer. Um, he was Jewish, obviously, so he believed in the Torah. But um, everything he was saying was so rich in truth of yeah. what Jesus is and what Jesus does. And that's why I love, that you know, the Jericho Rose. Like, it's a perfect representation of rest and what shepherds would do for their flock. And Psalm 23, we'll say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And I love that because I know in this season, um, I felt melancholy. Yeah. (laughs) I felt like there's no energy. And I love this Psalm is because it talks about rest. Yeah. And what does that look like? Okay, because I know a lot of young adults, these are the times where we want to build. We want to grow. We want to change. We want to change culture, um, which we should. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also rest in this season, and that's okay. There's so much rest. There's an abundance of rest if we take advantage of it. Yeah, and that takes trust because seeing it you know, with my own eyes— when you're out in the middle of the desert, there's nothing. Right. And when you talk about Israelites wandering for 40 years or people mm-hmm. like, it's easy. It all mm-hmm. looks the same. You can walk 10 miles and it feels like nothing about your surroundings have changed. Yeah. And when people say desert seasons, I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. It makes sense because we've been walking this. Right. I mean, it's beautiful, like especially for somebody that lives in the mountains to see kind of a totally different shift in, mm-hmm. in landscape. Um, but if that was your week, month, year after year after year, I get it, you know. And yep. so there's a huge element of trust. And so in Psalm 23, when it talks about the Lord being our shepherd, leading us to good places, that's not just something you say you know, to kind of pat yourself on the back. That's that's a really big step in trust to mm-hmm. say, regardless of what I see happening to me and around me, yeah. I'm going to trust that even in my disappointment, God's going to lead me to someplace good. Mm-hmm. I love that. So good. Um, and then I also love that he talked about like comfort in the desert, that sheep would actually um, get cut, wounded. I mean, you know, we were hiking down this Israeli Grand Canyon and there's sharp rocks and sand. You're like slipping. Um, and so they actually would find this 
um, plant. I don't even want to say it again. It's such an ugly name. The Hyoscamus. <laughs> like, what is that? Um, but they would find this plant and the, sh- the shepherds would care for their sheep because they didn't want them getting infected. And I love that Psalm 34 talks about how Jesus, like he really is our comforter. And he says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the Christian spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. And I love that, that they're young and all, whoever's listening to this podcast, man, there's like comfort for mm-hmm. you. Like comfort the more, in the desert. There's comfort in the desert. And the more I get older and o- older, I know I'm only 28 years old. So take that for what it is. But the older I get, I found that disappointment doesn't go away. Yeah. But yeah, I can be still be comforted. Yes. Like people will say the hurtful things. People will come at you. People, um, man, will be racist, you know? Yeah, be um, terrible. Be terrible. And that there are words of comfort for me to find. There are words for comfort for the African-American communities, for the yeah. black communities right now. There's comfort. And I think I think that's one of the biggest proofs of God when it comes to seasons like this. I think— we think that a proof of God would be him completely delivering us out of yeah. any type of um, wandering, any type of despair, any type of desert type season. But a lot of times the proofs of God, while he is our deliverer, he also walks with us yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in our deepest, darkest moments of confusion and pain, um, it's those moments of encouragement. Like yeah. you said, that that plant that they use to anoint the sheep's head, to take care yeah. of it, to, to, mm-hmm. to mend it. It wasn't that the shepherd could take the sheep out of the, mm-hmm. the desert. He couldn't just lift it out and helivac it to right. paradise. He had to, he had to care for it where it was. Yep. And I think that's what we see in these Psalms or these promises of God is though you might be walking through a hard season, God gives you what you need what you need in that season mm-hmm. to guide you, to lead you, yeah. and to not only just get you out, but to comfort you along the way. Yeah. Because there are some things we can only learn about God. How could we learn what a comforter God is mm-hmm. if we were never uncomfortable? Totally. You know? And I and I'm not somebody that subscribes to God puts you in bad or hard Same. situations. I think that's just a result of the fall. I think that's yep. that's sin's crippling effect on our humanity, on our earth. But God walks with us through that and delivers comfort to us, even in our darkest and most confused situations in life. And I think that's And Judah Smith, I totally agree. And if you're walking through or you feel like you need to be comforted in this season, there is a brilliant podcast by Judah Smith. And it um, the name of it is Why I Think You're Sad. Okay. And there is, I, I referenced that in my message, but I didn't give the tools. Okay. So if you're a podcaster and you want the next podcast, I recommend that podcast because it talks about that and walking through seasons of sadness. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah. everything Judah does for the most part is Amazing. gold, but Amazing. Um, I've, I've been listening to him recently and he's, he's had some really timely and some really, um, you can just tell Holy Spirit inspired things to say like mm-hmm. to our current not just physical situation, but a state of our souls yeah. in, in this time. And so, um, well, kind of wrapping up here, when it comes to desert seasons or seasons of disappointment, obviously there's not 
there's no one shoe fits all when it comes to that. People in every walk of life can enter into these seasons or be in these seasons for different reasons and different amounts of time. And so I just kind of want to preface this question with that, kind of give a little disclaimer. But I believe that God's word um, kind of gives us some some tools, mm-hmm. some encouragements to, to kind of get through this. And so um, while I know you can't address every single person's situation specifically, what would be um, just maybe a few small things that someone who's listening to this, who's in a season of disappointment right now, can begin to do to not just sit in this season, but to learn from it, to grow from it, and to move forward out of it? Yeah, I think the number one thing um, that you can do both for your spirit um, and mental health is to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And I know that's such a buzzword in culture like oh talk to someone um but actually it is true like they give you they'll give you so much perspective on this and like what researchers are learning about your disappointment is that you do need to get it out yes and so what better way is to talk to another person that can link arms with you and i know um young adults this is so cool that you actually have a one-on-one uh, I don't even know what you would like little zoom meetings. Yeah, yeah. Zoom meetings. Yeah. That is brilliant. And so take advantage of that. If you're in this, listening to this podcast, and you're like, I don't have someone to talk to schedule a one-on-one with one of the team members. Like man, community is such a gift. Yeah. And that's, that's why we did that. We know that people might have questions. Yeah. Um, I've actually done some zoom calls with somebody who had questions. I had no clue how to answer. Um, <laughs> so I'm not promising you amazing answers, but our but it's whole just getting- team, that junk out yes there's something about yes like just getting it out talking to someone if you want to pay for a counselor oh my gosh do it yeah that is so important um i also would say i know i'm not personally a journaler (laughs) i don't like journaling if that's not your thing i would say number one try and do that but i know for me right now in this season, what I've been doing is I've put myself in environments of bigness. So whether I'm laying outside, um, looking up at the clouds or the stars, or I'm going into the mountains and I'm just sitting in environments that I cannot control and learn and, and refocusing my, um, my thoughts on my humanness and seeing how big and the universe and how big God is and what he's created. And it's so perspective shifting. Yeah. That, that makes me think of that Bible verse. I I can't think of it, but it, you know, what is man that God thinks of man, you created him a little lower than the angels, Mm -hmm. you know, that, Mm -hmm. that this so much of life and so much of even Christianity, we don't talk about it enough is allowing yourself to gain perspective. I think there's so much potential in the, in the human soul, but at the very same time, I think it's humbling in a good way yeah. to remember that we're just a, such a small speck, mm-hmm. you know, and that that God sustains us still yep. because of that. And so oh, I, think, yeah. I think that's really cool. And all of our scripture, it talks about like the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord and understanding. Yeah. And so I think a lot of us are asking the question, man, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Seek understanding. Put yourself in moments where you're fearing the Lord. And there, you might not come away with this incredible revelation of fully understanding what you believe about God, about your God and disappointment. Um, but I do think like when you practice this, when you practice fearing the Lord, when you practice putting yourself in situations where 
you're reflecting on your humanness. When yeah. you practice talking to someone, when you practice getting gaining perspective, that there will be um, a strengthening of what you believe on the inside. I, I called it my your oh hell, like that's a Hebrew word for like your inner man. Yeah, and there will be like you'll come out of seasons of disappointment with strength. Yes. And, and I believe that for and practicing the fear of the Lord isn't being afraid. Yeah. It's it's putting yourself in situations that remind you that God is bigger. Yes. It's, the fear of the Lord is more literally translated the awe or the honor of yes. the Lord. Putting yourself in a place where you stand in awe and amazement yes. of who God is mm-hmm. and, and what he does. And I think with with awe inspiring things, there is a, a small healthy dose of fear. If you're standing <laughs> on the rim of the Grand Canyon, you're yeah. inspired, but you're probably also like, "Oh yeah. my gosh!" But yeah. um, no, but but kind of what she's talking about, gaining perspective, gaining that fear of the Lord is is do things that remind you of how mm-hmm. great God is, mm-hmm. even if that's looking out at the mountains and realizing that in a word He could flatten them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Just just putting yourself in situations. And so I love that. What do you do to learn, grow, and move forward in, in desert seasons? Talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a biblical principle of confessing your sins to one another so that yeah. you may be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of carries weight beyond sin. I think just confessing everything that's going mm-hmm. on in your life brings healing, brings perspective. Journal, but if journaling's not your thing, Put yourself in situations where you gain that awe, that reverence, that perspective on God. And then um, is there anything else before we wrap this up that you'd, that you'd like to share with people about, about? You know that Daily Devo. Oh, is yeah. amazing. Yes. Get um, plugged into that. Start there. If you're yeah. a baby Christian, you don't know where to start, start with the Daily Devos. Yeah. What, what she's referring to, uh, young adults, for ever since this this COVID thing kind of started, we've we've been emailing out daily devotionals, um, and they're just small reminders of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. in this season. And so, if that's something that you're into, um, you can go to our website roya.org um, and sign up for one of those, and you'll you'll be added to the list. And so, I love that. Um, I, I don't think there's one answer to get somebody out. But I think those are incredible thoughts to get somebody moving in the right direction. If you're dealing with disappointment, if you're in a desert season, talk to somebody, mm-hmm. gain perspective, um, and then encourage your soul. Encourage mm-hmm. your soul with God's word because it never returns void. And so yeah. um, that's amazing. Hey, thank you so much, Whitney, for coming, for thank sharing you. your time. Thank you for preaching yeah. last night. It was amazing. Um That's all the time that we have for today, but I would love it if you could end this podcast by praying for us, praying for everybody that's listening. Um, We kind of close out that way. And so if you would do that, we would be honored. I'd love to. Yeah, God, thank you so much for this time that we had um, just encouraging one another. And God, I pray that this podcast is encouragement. I know one of my favorite Psalms, it says, those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. And so God, I just believe that that in this season of discouragement, in this season of disappointment, in this season of chaos, that um, as we mourn, honestly, and as our bodies are responding, our physical bodies are responding to our disappointment, God, that there'll be a season of shouts of joy, that we will reap 
um, that season in due time, that as we're um, wrestling these hard conver- hard questions about who you are and your character, God, that you whisper and you nudge us um, towards your goodness, towards your faithfulness, towards your loving kindness and mercy and peace. And we believe that over everyone listening to this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. Thank you to everybody who tuned in with us. Be sure to listen, subscribe, and share this podcast with your family and your friends. Also, check us out on Instagram, YouTube, or our website. Again, that's ryaorg We love you guys, and we will see you again on the podcast next week. Have a good one, guys.